athleticism at Cox. It can go on the number third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Perkins through a bit of traffic. The right foot, Nana. That is just class. It bounces the way of Jones. This is extraordinary now. Picked up by Stringer. One-handed. Onto the right boot. Jake Stringer. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Well, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, as everybody knows, is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. But, Scotty, today we continue along the lines of uh, the recent uh, series of interviews that we've done with uh, prospective board members um, to the Essendon Footy Club. Today's a little bit different. Um, we're speaking to Andrew Muir, who is a current board member. A little bit of a background about Andrew. Um, he's the founder and director of the Good Foundation. Uh, he was the CEO um, of a uh, Melbourne retailer that probably everybody knows well when I say them, when I say the name of it, um, the Good Guys. Uh, I can I can tell you that uh, I furnished my first house pretty much exclusively from the Good Guys. <laughs> um, so that, that was great back in the day um, and also uh, has been on the Essendon board um, since 2015. So we're talking to him today just to find out um, uh, what's happening at the, at the board level and uh, Andrew can tell us a little bit about um, his uh, rerunning or extension on that board um, and a bit more about the Essendon Footy Club. So joining us now is uh, Andrew. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, g'day, Scott. G'day, Grant. Good to be on. Yeah, it's it's great to have you on, Andrew. Uh, you're always welcome on the show and uh, look, really appreciate you giving your time to uh, just share your thoughts. And uh, I, we know that the uh, the AGM's coming up and, and the election and voting uh, will be uh, live from, I believe, Monday, uh, so members can vote. Uh, so obviously uh, your, yep. your, your position is up for re-election uh, and you're seeking to... I guess extend your your time, and I, I think that's a good time, good sort of uh, segue for us to just have a discussion. Because uh, I, I feel like it would be a good opportunity just to get to know yourself and and, and your background. Um, so I think from from the start, where, can you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, business background, and and how you ended up coming onto the onto the Essendon board. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, my business background, of course, has mainly been retail. I did, uh, you know, economics and accounting at um, at uni, but uh, and worked for an accounting firm for four years. But uh, yeah, growing the good guys uh, was an amazing ride. Um, when you're an owner of a family company and uh, and you're also growing it, you know, you you live it and breathe it, just like a footy club. You know, every every decision matters. Um, and to grow it from uh, when I took over for my old man, um, had six six stores in Melbourne, we ended up with 102 nationwide and we were market leader. So, you know, I was very proud of that. Um, I did it again a bit later with some pet stores, um, uh, pet superstores, really. They had grooming and veterinary and everything inside them and we had 52 of them and um, recently sold that. So... Yeah, growing retail uh, businesses is, uh, you know, it's a people business um, and you're always dealing with uh, satisfying the customer or, or delighting customers. So um, it's not too much different to delighting members, hopefully. 
<laughs> so coming on to the board, uh, what initially inspired you to 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 try and get onto the board and and your your even your Essendon kind of background uh, were you one of those ones that was like a, a child at Windy Hill Windy Hill and saw certain heroes and Tim Watsons and all that uh, what's your background as far as as that kind of thing yeah well very quickly um, my bomber background is that my grandparents uh, both sides settled in Essendon after the war. And they both lived in Woodland Street where mum and dad met. Um, one of the grandfathers, my grandfathers, was mayor of Essendon in the 50s. <laughs> and um, they were very community-minded. Um, they had quarries. They, they bitumenised uh, Essendon roads through um, the aggregate out of uh, the Nidri Quarry, the, what's the now the High Point Shopping Centre that was a quarry and one out of Buller. So... Um, uh, Dad uh, went to Essendon High School. Mum went to Penley, and I grew up in the area. I went to Essendon Grammar, so uh, <laughs> so you're yeah, very run. much Essendon. I was just going to say <laughs> yeah, it's a, de- it's a yeah, decent Essendon oh, resume. Yeah, I won't bang on about it. My first house in Essendon, and so on. So, and actually, the first store of the good guys, or Muir's as it was, was in Mount Alexander Road in Essendon as well. So, enough of that. But um, yeah, the roots run deep there. Uh, but I got onto the board um, after the saga. Um, I was invited to join um, a casual vacancy and Simon Madden and I joined at that time yep. along with Ken Lay and um, Lindsay Tanner. So we were part of the Cleanup Act after the saga to really get the club back on a financial stability uh, footing and uh, also to mainly uh, institute some commercial rigour, which was really needed, um, governance and integrity. I mean, when you talk, you know, about people like Ken Lay, his integrity is just first class, and Lindsay brought the governance piece. Simon Madden was really important too, to give us credibility around the the players or the past players because, you know, what the players had gone through through the saga. So, yeah, um, that was really um rewarding because uh we were really in trouble i mean financial trouble at the club mm. and um we didn't want to become what the afl calls an assisted club we wanted to remain a non-assisted club um because otherwise you're in the clutches of the afl and uh, so we developed a strategic plan there sort of wasn't one before that um people development was one of my key uh, issues uh, that I wanted to see happen. Um, so really bringing the skills and experience of a small family business that had that had grown well and uh, all the complexities and, and compliance issues that you have in a business um, I brought to the board, yeah. I'm curious because, um, I mean, even that decision of, of John Worsfold, it felt like that whole time was how do we create stability um, and get back on track. Um, I'm kind of now kind of leaping forward to more more towards the end of Worsfold's kind of tenure. Um, I, I, I'm trying to – I'll say this as, as well as I can. Um, if you had your time again, considering what's happened, um, and maybe it was not – totally your decision and or the board's decision was maybe CEO inspired or anything like that. Would you have gone probably more out to a, a bigger process with the uh, ne- appointment of the next coach? And that's not putting down Ben Rutten at all. Cause we, I think we, 
most of us really, really appreciate who Ben Ratton is. And, but I think there was at the time looking back and which is always good in hindsight, um, was there a, probably a, a need to have a, a bigger process to look around Australia and, and see what coaches are available and, and look out to the market? Um, well, yeah, the board did take uh, advice uh, mainly from management and the CEO at the time. So uh, they're the people that are, you know, in the industry on a daily basis know what's going on. Ben had been brought on as uh, he was, you know, the, the the best of the assistant coaches in his in his time, and um, you know, great credibility from from Richmond at the time. And uh, of course, he went through that. Um, period of induction under John, um, which, uh, you know, at the time seemed to be a, a great thing and handing over from an experienced uh, coach in, in John. Yep. But John had, you know, his his older, I guess, skill set where we, we were looking for a younger skill set, more contemporary uh, and coming from a successful um, program in Richmond. So that was sort of the background to, to that. But, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I think well, you're sort of wallowing wallowing in the past talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to – we absolutely don't want to do that um, pace. But I guess it's it's been such a – it's been that period of time sort of from uh, Wusher through Ben. Um, it's It does write – and into the, the most recent um, – uh, changes at the board level, it, it does make supporters such as us sort of stop and think about an area of the business, or the area, the business. I shouldn't have said the area of the club that concentrates more on the business because we we now know um, the president's name and all of the board members' names. They're all over the papers and all that sort of stuff, right? So we're, we're definitely not going to wallow in that uh, in that period of time. That's fine. But my question to you is. Is there a significant difference in the way the board operates from sort of pre-Ben Rutten being um, let go from the club to what you're seeing now into this new David Barham-led uh, board? Um, uh, from from my point of view as a supporter, I feel like there's the the process to a point. Um, Brad Scott is great, and it was it was conducted well. And I'm happy to to say again from a supporter's point of view that the media were guessing; they had no idea, which is how it should be. So I guess the, the question yeah. I have is that what are the main differences you see from that previous board through to this new board, and how are you going to continue to contribute to that? Yeah, well, you're right. It's chalk and cheese, actually. Um, because uh, we were the board was very much um, you know given the recommendation of the C, by the CEO and by the uh, the GM of footy at the time. Uh, but since then you know, we've got complete change up of those positions, which is great. Josh doing a great job um, as GM of footy. We're about to appoint a new uh, CEO, which will be um, a breath of fresh air as well. Um, and of course, we've appointed Brad, and you know he's he's going to be first class. What a what an appointment mm. for us! Um, I think the the biggest thing, the biggest change though, is that we we pushed for uh, an external review, right? Mm. Um, probably the the previous board and management were content to go along, maybe having an internal review. But when you're reviewing yourself internally, you know you're conflicted. You're not really uh, wanting to ask the, the difficult questions and and get uncomfortable. So 
Now, Dave and I and a couple of others on the board, we were pushing for an external review. Um, we didn't have the numbers for a long time and we just gradually chipped away until we did. And uh, fortunately now we, we, we've got a wonderful asset in that external review. There's 19 uh, recommendations coming out of it. We've already implemented a couple. Um, certainly the coach was one. We've refreshed the board. Um, there was another. And so um, the investment in football is the is another biggie that I've, I've been banging on about that for years. And if you ask anybody in the club, whether it's in the footy department, football department or uh, in management, they'll say, oh, Miller, talking about, you know, uh, player development again. But unfortunately, I was a bit of a lone voice. And um, now I've uh, I've got it up. I've got it up on the table. And it's, a, it's one of the uh, external review recommendations, which is wonderful. And uh, we've already invested um, in now five. We've got five assistant or five um, development coaches, whereas before we only had two. Um, so there's a that's a chalk and cheese for you right there. Yeah, look, and and just to confirm too, I mean, uh, Katie Leo, um, I know has has stated. You know, uh, I think when the development was announced. I think she actually stated, oh, Andrew Muir would be the happiest one at the club because he's tried to get this over the yeah. line. Um, so yeah. it, it's nice to actually hear a former kind of director kind of almost confirm what you're saying, that you were kind of a, a big advocate for that. Uh, does that – I think does that sort of – should members kind of then get some confidence um, that you can um, possibly now influence – um, on, like say you have a passion can actually influence outcomes because it, it, I, 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 it's very hard because I'm, I'm kind of dancing around because there's a perception that management and the CEO were controlling a lot and that's just reality. That's what fans, whether it's right or wrong, there was a perception that that's what was happening um, and it feels like now the board can actually have a bit more of a say, do a proper reviews and 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 have that kind of intel coming in that can make informed decisions. Uh, It's hard because you feel like you're putting down X (laughs) management, but is that, how do I, is that right in what I'm saying that there's, there's a little bit of open talk and open air now at the club that can have those, I guess that uh, investigations and research and data to implement things. Yeah. Well, yes, you're right. And let me start by saying um, a successful club, I think, has a, a culture of um, of honest conversations, honest conversations, right? Now, I don't really think we were having honest conversations with ourselves in the past or certainly management and, and the uh, football department weren't. But that's co- completely changed now. And yeah. Um, there will be some some uh, of the external review recommendations which will need to be implemented by board. Some will be implemented by the new CEO. The new CEO will have a completely different style. and We know the style we want, which we much more football-focused and less corporate-focused um, because our, fo- our focus has to be completely on footy now. We've been dwelling in the, you know, really the bottom half. It's far too long. And uh, whilst we've been making profits, you know, doing well corporately, we got to we, we want to change that up. And uh, actually, winning games brings success off the field anyway. It brings yes, <laughs> it indeed. fixes your finance. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like it, it, 
a bit like in in retail. I know sales fix everything, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly so, right. Wins, wins fix everything too, and um, that's what we're there for. We're there to win games, we're not there to you know make make profits. We're there to win games, win premierships, win finals. So I know that's Brad Scott's mantra as well, and um, he wants to uh, see the the players play to their strengths. He wants to see the players be the best they can be. They, he doesn't want to play, play them out of position. He wants to play them in the position that they, you know, where they can flourish. Yeah. So you know, that's all fresh, you know, really, uh, uh, really good. We've been trying to implement a game plan on the players that they can't play. And Brad's got the opposite view. He says, no, let the players show me the kind of game style I'll, I'll uh, adapt for them and they can play in the best positions. Now, that's that's, uh, that's really, really refreshing. Go for it, Grant. Sorry, yeah. So, Andrew, I guess to, to sort of tie it back now into your candidacy and your sort of extension on the board um, and what you bring to it, I asked some of the other candidates um, along this, this uh, same question. Uh, uh, I, I hear this from my very corporate, very professional wife that, Board members should have varied skills that when they come together um, can uh, be beneficial for, in this case, the Essendon Footy Club. I guess we know your, your experience. We know what the, the your business background, your successful business background, no less. Um, what does, and without obviously going into anything confidential at, at board level, we certainly wouldn't ask you to do that. What does... Andrew Muir bring to the board discussions? I know you, you mentioned just before you want uh, development and bloody hell, Muir's still on about um, development, but how do you fit into those board meetings? Are you a are you a very vocal voice? Are you a bit more of a listener and then a, a chime in at the other end? And I guess part B to that question is how, does, how do you try and influence the board in a, in a positive way if you really feel like there's a there's a, a direction you should be going. How do you influence some of the other big names in there, like Ashidi or somebody? Yeah, I am vocal in the board. Um, um, Ashidi actually thinks I talk too much, but there you go. Um, my skill set is business and it's entrepreneurship. If you have a look, there, is, there are nine skills, right, on the skills matrix. And I'm not sure that some candidates have really read those because I, I get some candidates ringing me saying, hey, uh, I'm an accountant and uh, I think I'd be great for the board. And I'm, I just have to say to them, look, we've already got an account or we've already got a financial uh, controller type person. We don't need another one of those. Um, equally, some candidates say, oh, I've, I can cover all nine of those skill sets. I'm good at all nine of them. <laughs> well, really? I mean, <laughs> that's not the point. And also, nobody can cover all nine of them. You know, it's ridiculous. So... My skill set, if you read the, the skills, is the entrepreneur and business one. For example, uh, Andrew Welsh is coming up for re-election. His is um, an ex-player and elite sport. So they're kind of the two skill sets that are up for grabs because all the other skills are, are, uh, are covered by the other board members. And I really think people should be looking at the skills that are, uh, are up for grabs rather than the person so much. Um, but around the board table, uh, when uh, particularly the uh, more creative um, ideas are needed and um, things like uh, thinking about digital membership, 
recently talking about overseas membership. Uh, why can't we get a um, a uh, strategic um, relationship with clubs overseas so that their members can see our games, we can see their games? It may be soccer, it may be basketball. Maybe I mean, why aren't we buddies with uh, Fletcher's son's um, college football? Oh, Cincinnati and all be, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Hand in glove with that club, right? And we should know that CEO's Intimately, they should be coming over here and visiting us. We should be going to visit them, blah, blah, blah. So there's, I think there's a great opportunity for cross-pollination of ideas, of upskilling our people, and of also uh, cross-marketing ideas to um, to introduce a whole new, you know, fan base overseas. That's only one club, you know, yeah. imagine the size of America or Europe or England or whatever. So um, that's I'm only using that as one example of a bit sure. of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, they're the sort of they're the sort of discussions I love to get involved in. I yeah. think with the external review, um, you talked about the nineteen points, um, uh, and we discussed before that the clubs kind of had a very corporate feel to it. Uh, how much did the review discuss the probably what we would say a little bit of the disconnect between what we probably felt like a corporate club? Um, to a, a membership that probably wanted to have a bit more of a closer tie. Uh, and, you know, we've discussed on this podcast, uh, as encouraging as we are, we've discussed on this podcast, you know, I, I've said, look, I, I attend quite a few training sessions because I like to see how they go and, and what systems are generating. I said, and, I, and I've said the honest comment that said, look, I don't go into the cafe because I feel like I'm an intruder. And so I just, I stay away from going into the actual building because it, it feels a little bit, like eyes are looking at me and, and I said, but you know, when I go to watch training, I said, I, I can't sit on a seat and I can't, I said, it feels very, I'm looking at this multi-million dollar complex. And I said, I don't feel overly connected to it. And I'm a mad, mad Bomberser fan, but I said, it just, it's just, you know, I said of all this, I'm seeing all this money and I can't sit on a seat on the other side of the ground. Or if I watch a, I, I watch a V4W game, you know, we're sitting on dirt and that's, that's a, I said, I said, is it with the, is it something that's going to be addressed, I guess, to be blunt, about how we're going to represent the hangar, bring fans in at family days, start getting that connection back? And we all know post-COVID, we all understand COVID actually had a big effect on that. So I'm not blind to know, to not understand that. But coming out of that environment, um, when do, you know, with that external view, how do we address getting that connection back and, you know, kids who are under 25 who hadn't seen any success, how do we engage them, you know, so they grow up, you know, they become members and their kids become members and and we remain a strong club. Yeah, the review did cover that strongly and recommended that there be far greater connection. And if you want to talk just about the hangar, by the way, uh, I think a lot of people haven't visited the hangar since, you know, like it's stage one when it first opened because stage two is a much is a much more enhanced product out there. You know, it's open to the public. You can visit the museum or the Hall of Fame. Um, you can enjoy the cafe. You can watch training from inside the cafe if it's weather's not flash or you can sit outside. There's some seating outside the cafe as well. So um, there is a stage three plan for the hangar and uh, it's in the master plan it is for future years though because it incorporates game day 
Yep. So if we're going to have games out there, game day infrastructure, right? So fan seating is planned. Uh, electronic scoreboards are planned. Uh, coaches and medical benches around the ground are planned. But for next year, of course, AFLW and VFL games are going to be played at Windy Hill, yep. our spiritual home, which is what the members and fans wanted. So yep. we're, we're investing now in modernising Windy Hill to rectify some grandstands there, to build modern change rooms for women's and for men's football, and to install match lighting there for night games as well. So Windy Hill's getting an upgrade because that's where AFLW and VFL games are going to be. I agree with you that uh, the hangar is a bit austere and it needs to be softened, particularly the entrance and and then, yeah, as you say, where you watch training or where you watch um, uh, a VFLW game. So um, we will put in something temporary for that. But yeah. we can't go and invest... Um, too many dollars into that infrastructure because we, we need to uh, save our chips for Windy Hill because that's where the big matches are going to be played. Sure. On the subject of um, of investment, Andrew, one of the <clears throat> things that Scott and I and a lot of the, the of our listeners sort of lamented last year was uh, a perception that the VFL side was not sort of given all of the resources potentially that it could have been or it wasn't used to its full potential as a vehicle for... Uh, for bringing on player performance, for growing uh, our younger guys um, in that level. Is is there something you can tell us about the VFL program? Are, are we going to be expecting sort of, I, I know we've um, we've had uh, uh, changes in the coaches and the like. Um, is, is there any sort of commitment moving more uh, forward for the VFL team? There is. Uh, you're dead right. It was um, under-resourced. Um, but I think that's the thing with this board. You know, we we now own the external review. We pushed for it. We fought mm. for it. Um, now we want to be, I guess, rewarded with the opportunity to execute on it, <laughs> um, because uh, we've been we've been a little bit brave or courageous in pushing for the thing, and it did unfortunately unseat some board members. And uh, but. For, for the for the good, you know, for the benefit of the future. So, one of the um, one of the recommendations is, as I say, player development, and also that the VFL was under resourced. So, um, the investment back into the footy department is is paramount. We're investing in player development, and we're investing in the VFL. The VFL really is the incubator for talent and youth, mm. and that it's been underinvested in the past really is, you know, it's not on. So uh, that's that's why we pushed for the change. And we've gone from two coaches, two development coaches now to five. So I think, you know, let us now be rewarded with the opportunity to uh, enact on these recommendations. And just to, to supplement that question one time, uh, a little bit, the reason why I ask that question, and, and you, you make reference to the fact that, yep, sure, you you it was a brave step to get the um, external review there. They never walk in and, and walk out of the club saying everything's fine. Um, you all should get a raise. Um, <laughs> the board are especially fabulous, and everything's great. They always that's the reason why they're there. They're there to ask the hard questions, get to the the bottom of issues, right? So they always do come yeah. out with um, awkward uh, recommendations, which, like you said. Um, 
it's not show friends, it's show business, and that unfortunately led to um, certain people uh, being unseated on the board. That's fine. But from a from a supporter's point of view, Andrew, we're just keen to understand the positives that are going to come out of it. You guys, unfortunately, had to deal with all the bad stuff and the media and the, the report that came out that said this wasn't right, that wasn't right. We appreciate that, and we know that that's part of the foundation of a, of a, a club like Essendon. But when we ask these questions about what are we doing in the VFL, and I appreciate when you say, "Yep, now we're going to go ahead and do it. We're going to we're going to invest in it." We're just really keen to know as much information as you can give us on what that looks like, timelines, that sort of stuff, because we love the, a we love the club so much, and we want to see us back to where we should be in this league. But b it's been such a tumultuous time. David and you on the board have given us the information that you can. But now we're really keen to get as much as we possibly can to help us go, right, VFL team, we've got more player development coaches. We know what that timeline is going to look like for potentially success. When are we going to get those seats out at the hangar? When is that going to happen? It doesn't have to be the exact date. So that's why when I sort of follow up on a question like that, I, I see the board now as being able to concentrate on the good stuff for members, to be able to tell us the good things that are going to come out of the external review. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, there's an 18-month uh, timeline for the implementation of the uh, of recommendations. Um, many of those things you've just said are going to have to wait for the CEO to get um, her or his uh, legs under the, under the, under the desk because... Um, you know, the the timing and the sequencing of the rollout of the recommendations need need to be in that See, person's approved. hands. Yes. Not, yeah. Not, yeah, not the board. The board, remember, the board is a board of governance. It's not a board sure. of management. And I think that's where some other candidates also get themselves a little bit a little bit wound up that they're going to change the world by 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 uh, by influencing uh, decisions. They're really management decisions that they're talking about. So. Um, the uh, the important thing is we get the right CEO, and that's why we've um, taken our time to to brief a an international uh, firm, a headhunting firm. Uh, we're down to a short list now. There are women and men on that short list, I can tell you, but um, we'll make that announcement in the coming week. So, um, a couple of the other things over the review, though, that I could uh, just emphasise. I think you know the. The, and we've acted on already is um, the indigenous yeah. recommendations that we we'd um, we needed to strengthen our ties with the Tiwi Islands. Uh, we needed to use that far more as a conduit for talent to come down to Essendon, um, and we want more. Well, of course, we want more indigenous players. But uh, Dean Rioli's appointment. I mean, I'm, I'm the nominations chair, so I'm a little bit chuffed. <laughs> Uh, that Dean, uh, we were able to get Dean on, and I'm very chuffed. We've got four women, on, uh, three women on the board, particularly after we lost Katie uh, a few years ago. So that diversity is really important, and um, that was uh, emphasised in the external review too. Yeah. No, look, fantastic. Uh, look, we do appreciate. I guess my last question is: is um, which I look, I sense it's not going to be an issue. So I sense we're in a really, we're in a much better shape where we are today. Um, I guess, uh, now that everything's happened, um, you know, this is me having an honest chat to Grant the other day and say, I said, do you know what my hope is? I just hope 
everyone doesn't just pat each other on the back and going, we went through a hard decisions and thank goodness that's done and, and it's done. But I, I think even when we see the Geelongs and the, see the Sydneys and that, it feels like from afar, they're like a ruthless every year. How do we get above the pack? How do we get above the pack? What, how can we be proactive? Um, and, you know, I'm not saying you're not going to do that, but is that something that's discussed about not, you know, club that's not kind of, you know, we've come from the saga and, and all like that where we just kind of tried to save our club and to, to have, you know, the right optics, I guess, around it and stabilise. And, and, you know, I think a lot of members actually go, you know, I actually want us to be a little bit ruthless now, <laughs> like just to have a bit of real proactive yeah. approach. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, I think you see the appointments to the board. By the way, we have to make those appointments. I know there's a bit of criticism. So, oh, no, when, when, there's, uh, when there's vacancies on the board, they should all go to the election. Um, that's not what the Constitution says, right? The Constitution says we, 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 we have to fill those vacancies, so by way of a casual vacancy process, and uh, that would have been approved at, at, at AGM's long past. So, you know, the members have voted on that, on yep. that um, procedure. So, uh, you know, two, two uh, elected uh, board members come up every year, so there's plenty of opportunity for, for churn, if you like, if, if it happens. Um, uh, so the, uh, the people appointed, I think, are far more... Uh, engaged in what you say a ruthless way. Um, Tim Roberts uh, is charged with, and his skill set is um, a development of uh, of infrastructure and buildings. And we've got you know venues. We've got Melton. We've got Windy Hill. We've got uh, the Hangar, and we want to pr um, prioritise those to be the best they are in their in their sectors. So we. So we get our, you know, the best income flows from them. So he's um, going to energise all of our venues, which is great, and that's his background. He's in a building and um, civil engineering background, which is great, and he knows all of the – has the um, relationships with council and with uh, with local government and with, um, with state government, which is important. Um, and Andrew Welsh, you know, he's a tiger. He's a real tiger uh, when it comes to being our football director. Yep. And you'll see a, a change in the way in which he engages with the football department and with Josh. They're really aligned. I think, you know, Josh has been a, fresh, a breath of fresh air the last last year. He's only been there a year. But, you know, you can see chalk and cheese the way in which he's um, managing the footy department as well. So I think if we get a really good CEO on top of all that, that, that focuses on, again, emphasises football, um, we're going to have that ruthless winning culture back again. So um, I'm confident uh, we're on the right track. I just think that we, uh, we've, we've done all the hard changes. You know, we've, there's no yeah. more changes to be had. You know, new yeah. coach, new CEO, new president, refresh the board, Sort of, it's sort of a once-in-a-generation opportunity to, to reset the club, and we've done it. You know, so now let's get us uh, let let us get on with the external review implementation, and uh, and uh, we'll go hard. We'll go real hard. We we appreciate the 
significantly hard period of time that the shake-up of the board, for the want of a better term, the shake-up of the board and the shake-up of the, of the club in general, how hard that must have been on the members, oh, sorry, on yeah. the uh, board members and the and the the bootstutters and the physio and all of the guys and girls at the club, we understand how hard that must have been, and it has led to what we can see so far as um, keen people, keen uh, board members like Andrew Muir and Audrey Welsh and these people, uh, they're very keen to get the job done. So we're now, mm-hmm. from a membership point of view, we're starting to look forward to seeing the flowers start to grow. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for that feedback. And here's another way to look at it. Imagine if we didn't do it, right? Imagine if we didn't stand up and be brave and courageous and push for change and push for personal review. We'd be still in the same position, right? We'd be wallowing around in the bottom bottom half of the phone and and, you know nothing would change. And that just couldn't happen. We were we were stuck and we needed, you know, to throw um, to throw a stick into the gears and you know. Dis- disassemble ourselves for a bit and then now we're reassembling. So sure. I'm very excited about what the next few years are going to bring us. We've got a great young list. Um, they they need to be they need to be led in a strength-based way. Strength I mean by yeah, not, not just a gym, but I think playing to their strengths, right? Yeah. Rather than being played to a system that doesn't suit them. So sure. I'm really excited about that as well. Um, I think you'll see a huge change in member engagement. Uh, it was one of the feedback from the external review that members did feel a little disenfranchised and, and wanted to be loved. We need to get around the coteries and the past players association far more as well, and we've already started those uh, meetings with them. And past the fan-based uh, Essendon podcast would be good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just check them on the list. One of our board. One of our board members is a point has has been charged with uh, being a direct link to the Past Players Association. So there you go. There's, there's okay. A, that's great. And we've done already. So um, beautiful. They're very happy with us. They're very happy with us here. All right. Yeah. Look, Andrew. I think we, we should wrap it up there. Um, we really want to thank you for your time uh, on the on the lunchtime catch up podcast today. Um, we uh, we look forward to uh, the the results of the AGM. And we would love to very much not hear anything from our board. We 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 just want to acquire board as a good board, and uh, we we really want to look forward to, like you said, concentrating on our young list and our players um, and the success of the club moving forward. So, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, pleasure, Scott. Pleasure, Grant. Great to be on. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Uh, that's it for this show. Uh, we'll have a. Uh, uh, just so you know, we'll have a proper uh, draft uh, wrap-up review uh, next week. Uh, you'll, we'll cover everything from our early picks to the hopefully the Davy picks and everything like that. So Absolutely. So that, that will be next week. But for now, thank you so much, everyone, and talk soon. <laughs>